I have thought it and felt in my spirit very necessary to begin dealing with an area uh, that many churches don't ever touch. I'm talking about the area of depression, anxiety disorders. Far too many religious leaders fail to address the issue today. Um, those who do address it, do it briefly, and they pass it off as either being of little importance, or then they go to the other extreme by saying people could control it if they really wanted to, and that there's no reason for a spiritual, or real spiritual man or a spiritual woman uh, to have depression. But people who make such statements know little about it, and they don't understand it. We get concerned when we see people go through physical pain. We feel bad, and when we see somebody who's hurting in body, uh, a lot of times, sometimes we will stop church service, and we'll start praying for somebody that we know who's in physical pain because we feel for them and we want to help them. But I'm here to tell you today that <coughs> emotional pain can be just as debilitating as physical pain. Depression is a terrible thing. And it's overlooked, <clears throat> swept under the rug. A lot of people don't deal with it because sometimes there is a, a, uh, a stigma attached to it. And we have been guilty of not dealing with it like we should. The Lord has given me something that I want to share with you. I started it Sunday night. I didn't finish all of part one. But I'm going to be talking the next few weeks on a subject titled, Emerging from the Depths of Despair. Emerging from the Depths of Despair. Um... Sometimes, and I thought I had a picture of it, of a man looks like he's down in this deep hole, looking up, trying to get out. Because that's what depression is. You feel like you're in a deep hole. I've entitled this series, Emerging from the Depths of Despair, because I want you to know today that there is hope. You can emerge from the dark pit of depression. I got into it last Sunday night, uh, and 
didn't by no means begin to scratch the surface. And this idea that people can control it is so ridiculous because somebody who's suffering from the disease of depression can no more control that as somebody who has got a, a physical ailment. Uh, and I'll use Sister Darlene as an example with migraines, and she's not the only one here who suffers from migraines. Trying to say that a person with depression who's spiritual-minded enough could control it if he wanted to is like trying to say somebody's got a migraine, you could shut that thing off if you really wanted to. That's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. And people who suffer from depression, uh, they, they not only have to deal with the issue, but they have to deal with people who are unsensitive to the issue. <coughs> now, you're going to have to pray for me this morning. I've been battling a head cold for the last few days, and uh, uh, it's still with me. I want to repeat a little bit of what I told you about when, uh, when Sunday night before I go on into the lesson. First of all, I want you to understand what I'm talking about. When we talk about the word depression, depression is defined by medical books as feelings of dejection, sadness, apathy, difficulty in gaining energy or excitement, fatigue, pessimism, feelings of hopelessness, fear, attitudes of worthlessness, hopelessness, loss of interest, inability to experience pleasure, a loss of self-esteem or potential. Some of these things are experienced by everybody at various times in their life. According to a physician by the name of Dr. Klein, who wrote in the, uh, in the Journal of American Medical Association, this is what he said. He said, There is more suffering has resulted from depression than from any other single disease affecting mankind. <coughs> Think about that for a moment. More suffering has resulted from depression. Let me stop and say this. If there might be some people here today who's maybe never been affected by that, <coughs> and you say, well, I don't understand why somebody with the Lord can't just get over it. Something that I didn't get to Sunday night. Depression, like other diseases, <laughs> sometimes is inherited. I'm a diabetic. My whole family, most of them is diabetic. 
I lost my mother with diabetes. She went blind a year before she died because of diabetes. My brother had it. My sister's got it. <coughs> diabetes, we know, can be inherited. Depression can be inherited. It's not something you can cut on and off just because you want to. <coughs> Major depressive disorders affect 14.8 million Americans, 18 years old and older. Women experience depression at twice the rate of men. This two-to-one ratio exists regardless of racial or ethnic backgrounds or economic status. Listen to this. There are over 30,000 reported suicides in the United States every year. 30,000. Depression is the cause of over two-thirds of these 30,000 suicides in the U.S. Now, homicides, murders, killings, is something we see now on a daily basis in our area. Brother Scott and T, it's nothing new. It's every day, seems like. <coughs> when at one time, you'd go for a long time. But now it's on at a daily basis. But let me tell you something. For every two homicides committed in the United States, there's going to be three suicides. That's how bad suicide is. <coughs> For every two homicides, there are three suicides. The suicide rate for older adults is more than 50% higher than the rate for the nation as a whole. <coughs> it's a terrible situation. Untreated depression is the number one risk for suicide among young people. Suicide is the leading cause of death in 15 to 24-year-olds. Young males 15 to 24 are at highest risk for suicide with a ratio of males to females. It's a chronic thing. <coughs> so in light of all of these statistics, and I'm not going to go back and redo my whole message for Sunday night, but in light of all these statistics, I think it's time to tackle head on both the disease and the spirit of depression. I believe that there is the disease of depression, and then I also believe there's a spirit of depression that attacks people. And so those of us who deal with it can overcome its clutches of death and emerge from the depths of despair. Now, the first lesson that I am talking about today, thank you, my dear. 
I've entitled, Where Are You, God? Part one. Where are you, God? Now, I'm going to be honest as your pastor. I have dealt with depression myself. I deal with depression from time to time. I've been through situations in my life, and I've, I've walked with God all my life. But there have been times in my life when I pray, I say, God, where are you at? Where are you at? And that's what I want to be talking about today. The scriptures that we're going to be using, I'm going to go back and use. There are men in the Bible, mighty, mighty men in the Bible. Brother Bobby was talking about one of these men this morning. They went through depression. Psalms 42, verses 1 through 11. <coughs> now, as you look at these scriptures, I'm going to read them slow. But don't overlook. Look at them. The man who wrote these scriptures was dealing with depression. I've I've read these scriptures for years before I realized that these words are coming from a man who's dealing with some stuff. He said, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so, so pants my soul for you, O God. <coughs> my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Listen to what he says. My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, Where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. Notice this. For I used to go with the multitude and went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise. David said, I used to go to the house of God with everybody else <coughs> with the voice of joy and praise. But Right now, I can't feel no joy. Right now, I can't get no praise. Because of this wrenching in my heart, because of the tears in my eyes. With a multitude I, that kept a pilgrim feast. <coughs> Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? Let me paraphrase that. Why are you depressed? Why are you troubled? Why are you cast down? Why are you disquiet within me? Hoping God. For I shall yet praise him. Notice there, even though David was going through depression, he didn't give up hope. 
he didn't give up on God. He said, for I will yet praise him for the help of his confidence. Oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of Jordan and from the heights of Hermon, from the hill of Mazar. <coughs> deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your ways and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night his song shall be with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I will say to God my rock, why have you forgotten me? That's where I got the title of today's message, Where Are You, God? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down on my soul? He repeats this. Why are you disquieted within me? But then he also says and repeats, Hope in God, <coughs> for I shall yet praise him, the help of my continence and my God. Father, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you. For the privilege of being here. You have placed this burden on my heart to minister because there are those here who can relate to this, and there are those here who know somebody, somebody close to them, that's dealing with this. Help my feeble body today as I struggle in my flesh. But this is so important that I refuse not to speak. Listen to our hearts. <coughs> Listen to our cries. Don't let us never give up on you. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I deal with young people all the time. And it's amazing how people, young people, youth, that you think wouldn't, you know, they're not old enough to go through depression. But this thing called depression affects people of all ages, from the young <coughs> to the very old. And the devil uses it to get in people's mind because the devil hates you. He destroys you. That's his main goal is try to destroy you. Sometimes he can keep pictures in your head of something happened years ago 
that you can't get rid of. And Satan will use that to keep you oppressed, to get you down. He'll put things on your mind. He will aggravate you with all kind of things. But folks, I'm going to tell you today that we can emerge. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on hope. You can emerge from the depths of depression. Now, I feel this so much today. The way the service is going, I could just say, I will, this is a series anyway. We'll continue later because I'm, I'm struggling in my body today. But I understand and realize that there's a lot of pain going on with a lot of people's lives. And they don't, they're not getting the understanding by everybody that they should, especially not sometimes even from church people. Where are you, God? I've asked that question. I've asked that question. There's not a sin in ask, asking that question. King David asked that question. Let me give you an illustration. There was a, a third grade teacher one time. She was teaching her class about insects. And this particular day, she was teaching about the ants and what they do. She was trying to get the point across that ants, they work hard, they lay up and get things prepared <clears throat> where they can live and get through winter and all that stuff. Teacher said to her students, boys and girls, it's a, wonder, a wonderful example in life about the ant. Every day, the ant works hard all day long and stays busy. Every day, the ant is busy. And after, then she said, and in the end, she says, what happens? And little Johnny in the back says, he gets stepped on. So, some people say that could be the story of my life. I work hard, I try hard. I do everything I can. But then I wind up getting stepped on. Folks, I think many of us feel like we've been stepped on. Many times during our lives by people, by certain circumstances that we have been forced to endure. And during some of those times, the struggle has been so intense that we look up to the heavens and cry, God, where are you? Where are you? 
Well, folks, I'll say it again. I've been there, and virtually everyone here has been there at one point or time or the other. But the fact of the matter is God is there, and he never leaves you. Even though the tears are so extreme that our eyes can't focus to see him. Sometimes we got so many tears flowing from our eyes that we can't focus our eyes and we can't see God because there's so many tears. But friend, just because you can't see him don't mean he's not there. Hallelujah. Glory. Everybody knows the well-known story and we see the picture of the footprints in the stand. Hallelujah. Somebody added another stanza to that. When the man was talking to God and says, Lord, I don't understand it, but the times in my life that was the darkest and the hardest and all that, I only see one set of footprints, and we know that. And the Lord said, well, those was the time I was carrying you. But then he looked a little further, and it looked like somebody was being dragged, and God said, those are the times I had to drag you. Hello, somebody. How many know sometimes God has to drag us because we're not willing, amen, to move on our own? Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's another well-known statement. Don't ask God to lead you if you're not willing to follow. Or don't ask him to lead you if you're not willing to move your feet. Hello. Where are you, God? Where are you at these times? There's two things I'm going to share with you further in this segment today. Somebody's praying for me because I'm getting through this. Number one, God never forgets you. I don't, I don't care what you're going through. And if you can't see Him, if you can't feel Him, don't never let the devil lie to you and say God has forgotten you because God never forgets his people. Hallelujah. God never forgets you. Psalms 42 and 9. He said, I will say to, my, to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? <coughs> why do I go mourning? Because of the oppression of the enemy. Sometimes we'll say, God, why have you forgotten me? I remember Jesus hanging on the cross. Before he drew his last breath. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabatana. My God. My God, why has thou forsaken me? It's not a good feeling to feel like everybody's walked away from you, even God. 
You don't know what to do. You come between a rock and a hard place. Amen. You're in this deep hole of depression and nobody understands you. Nobody seems to have any compassion. Amen. Or nobody seems to care. But I'm here to tell you, my God cares. And he ain't forgotten you. <laughs> Isaiah 49 14 through 16 is some of my favorite passages of scriptures in the Old Testament. But Zion said, somebody tell me who Zion is. Who's Zion? Church is Zion. Amen. God's people. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. And my Lord has forgotten me. Now here's what God said in reply. He said, can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? God says, surely they may forget. God says, yeah, there might be some women who's who's able to forget their own children. But God says, yet I will not forget you. See, this is what God says about you. This is what God says about you. I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. So your walls are continue. Hey, God says there's no way I'm going to forget you because I got your name tattooed on my hands. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. God says, whoa, whoa, hallelujah. God says, how can I forget somebody? I got your name tattooed. That's kind of bad. That's kind of bad for the sailor. Goes in the port and gets drunk and gets Sheila's name Tattooed on his arm, I love Sheila. And then 10 years down the road, he's married to Mary. Whoa, that's bad. Huh? <laughs> Glory to God. You can tell I'm getting anointed. I'm, I'm doing something I couldn't be doing. Hallelujah. God says, he said, he said, even though a mama... And she got to be a pretty low-down mama to forget her own suckling child. He said, even though she may forget, God says, I'm not going to forget you. You're engraved on my palms. God said, I can't forget you. You're always before me. Yeah, you're struggling. You're hurting. You're in pain. You're suffering. But God won't forget you. If you're his, if you're his child, if you're his child, hallelujah, he's got your name engraved in the palms of his hand. My, 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 hallelujah. God never forgets. One other point, and then I'm going to close this segment of the message. He don't forget. And number two, he knows the path that you're on. He knows where you're at. 
He knows how you're struggling. He knows the path that you're on. Hallelujah. He's got a radar set for you. You don't never get out from under his radar. Glory to God. He knows where you're at at all times. One final scripture. <laughs> One of the best, somebody told me this the other night. One of the best books in the Bible about depression going through situations is Job. Hallelujah. If there ever was a man who under, understood loss, he understood it. But this is what he says. Job chapter 23, verses 8 through 10. I mean, yeah, 8 through 10. Listen what he says. He says, look, I'm going forward, but he's not there. Amen. Batteries are going out of my, my microphone. I've got to get some different batteries. Hallelujah. He says, I go forward, but he's not there. He said, I go backwards. Look behind me. I can't see him. Sometimes, sometimes you're not going to be able to see God. Come on. No matter how you look for him, you look, for, you look ahead, you look behind, you look on both sides, you ain't going to see him. He said, I'm backward, but I cannot perceive him. When he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right hand, I cannot see him. <laughs> Put the next one up there. But he knows the way I take. And when he has tested me or when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Job says, when I come out of this thing, I'm going to come out a whole lot better than when I went in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He knows the way I take. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're going through. But when you get through what you're going through, he said, I'm going to come forth as gold. And if you read the book of Job at the end, you'll find out that God blessed Job. Did he give him half of what he had lost? He gave him not just back, but he gave him double. Hallelujah. Double for your trouble. Hallelujah. That's long before, that's, that's back here. He didn't have it when he made this statement here. But he said, when he's tried me, 
when he's testing me, I shall come forth as gold. Emerging. Emerging. From the depths of despair. 